Before we begin, a reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as a statement of faith, doctrine, or fellowship, and this podcast is not affiliated with any church, school, or calling body. What's up, gents? My name is Charlie Ungemach, and you are listening to an episode of the Gird Up Broadcast. Now, the dudes are going to join me in just a minute, and we got a lot of great content coming your way. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up Project here. All of our content at Gird Up is available free to anyone anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way. But we also have to rely then upon the contributions of our listeners to do so. You'll never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost us money to put a show like this together. So if you find what we're doing here valuable and you enjoy the broadcast and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going and it helps us reach and minister to many more men just like you. Hope you enjoy the broadcast today. Let's get to it. I don't know. I don't know about that. All right, we are doing a broadcast today. So, uh, my name is Charlie Ungemach. I'm glad to have you here. With me, I've got... Connor Herger. As always. And then, we got two new guys on either side here. So, why don't you introduce yourself first? I'm <clears throat> not technically new, but uh, this well, is... Well, we never posted that one, That's so. true. Now you're just outing yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is uh, Harry Joe, and I am a super senior here at Martin Luther College. Okay. Yep. And... I'm Peter Kim. I don't know how to describe my class, but... Also a super senior, like myself. Well, sure. Yep. I'm like a super junior class. Yeah, sure. super junior. Oh, that's right. So you don't, so you don't graduate You've been here for year, forever, but you're not yeah. done yet. Next yes. year, he'll be a super, 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 <laughs> super senior. Super, super, like, fossiled senior. <laughs> yes. You've got a way to go for your fossil. Yeah. <laughs> and so both of you guys are Korean. Yep. Correct. Um, you, we talked about this a little bit. Where are you from? You're from Seoul, right? I'm from Seoul. And where are you from? I'm from Jeju Island. All right. Now, I had never heard of Jeju. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Jeju Island. So tell us a little something about Jeju Island. <laughs> Some people call it Korean Hawaii because it has tropical quotation marks. Yeah. <laughs> Literally quotation marks. Tropical. tropical. It's not tropical at all. Um, it's uh, based on tourist. Everything like includes tourist places. Like there is nothing to do. <laughs> like if you actually live there. Yeah, I actually live there. Right. So if you live there, there's nothing to do. But there's lots to do if you're a tourist. Yes. God, it's kind of like Wisconsin Dells is what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> except right. except warm and in Korea. <laughs> yes. It literally All right. sounds like Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii. I've been to Wisconsin Dells. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what is your, 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 sung, how do you say your, your, Korean name? Yeah. Well, your given name, right? Song Kun. Song Kun Kim. Yeah. Song Kun Kim. So how do you guys, and you're Hunsik? Mm hmm. All right. How do you how do you guys come up with those? Did that, did you like? Did they assign you a name when you came over here? How do you guys? Because you don't. You're talking about like my American name, English name, English or name, or like Korean, Korean name. Which yeah. One? Well, why don't you go by your Korean names? Oh, and who? then how did you pick the names that you do go by? Um. Well, first of all, mainly you know, 
it's just a matter of the people here pronouncing our names. Mm. You know, it'd just be easier for people to say Sungon. It'd be easier to say, hey, what's up, Peter? Like, that's, yeah, you know, it'd be a lot easier. Kunsik's not too bad, though. Yeah, but, you know, when you, most kids, when they come over here, especially, like, the Chinese students, their names are a little tricky to pronounce. So they'll just pick an English name. And, I mean, literally just pick a name what they want (laughs) called. Like, when I came over here, um, I thought about naming myself David, but then I realized there was, like, a million Asian Davids. So I was like, eh, might as well. I was watching Harry Potter at the time, I think. I remember. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to call myself Harry. Okay. And so that's just what I stuck to. And both, both like my actual name and like my English name starts in H. So like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not that far of a stretch from here. Right. You yeah. know, it's like H Joe for Hunsik and then it's H Joe for Harry. So it's, yeah, just stuck with it. There you go. Yep. What about awesome. you, Peter? Me? Yeah. Your name. Well, how'd you pick your English name? I just to follow the, my, one of the favorite pesters English name. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's Pastor Kim, right? No, he, he's oh. his last name was Chun. So. Okay. All right. Hey, how old were you when you came over? Ah, uh, boy, I was. Okay, so I am twenty-five now. I'll be turning twenty-six. So that was two thousand eight. Was that fifteen years ago? <clears throat> so I was probably. I think I was eleven. Okay. I was eleven when I came, as a fifth grader, here. Obviously, because the age is a little right. Different. Yeah. 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 I was six, 16 years old. Okay. okay. Which was 10 years ago. So why, like, obviously is your reasoning for coming over is going to be a little bit different because you were a lot younger, right? So yep. to come over to a, a inter, I don't know, I'm not sure I could have handled um, going to school internationally as a 11-year-old or 12-year-old, right? So what was, well, why? What, what was the I mean, rationale? I, I'm a very open-minded person so i'm like you know open to new challenges and things but you know at the time the the pastor and the principal at the grade school that i went to which was emmanuel lutheran in in salem oregon um i believe both of them were in korea for some sort of like a a conference i think um and then my parents happened to be in attendance and then they found out about the school and so they're like hey you know we're not really fans of the korean education system and so why not you know why don't we give this a try and then they they sent me uh, to America, uh, and then you know I ended up loving it, and so I just kept coming back, and the rest is history. So yeah, and you're real tight with your like American yes. Is that, I don't know why I was to say foster family. What do you call yeah family? No, um, yeah. So the the family that I stayed with um, at the grade school that I went to, uh, they're. They're um, they're considered. I consider them my American family, and I have my Korean family, and then I have my American family. Um, so they're basically, you know, they're they're the ones who raised me, uh, you know, into their into their family uh, as pastor and 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 as kindergarten teacher. So uh, the Wassers, shout out to the Wassers. So they're they're my American family. I love them. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's just been great. So very cool, very very cool. What about you? Did you, is this more, so it sounds like it was more your parents' decision, right? Um, At the, uh, in the beginning, yeah. In the beginning. Yep. What about you? Did you, was this something you wanted to do? Why Why did you choose to come to the States? It was kind of my decision. Um, so I kind of prayed for three years to, to come to America. Um, Specifically to train for the ministry or just? General. Okay. Um, I think it was my sixth grade year. I met this pastor from America. 
he lives in Atlanta, Georgia. He's Korean. Um, he deals with politicians kind of thing. And he kind of told me, Peter, I, I will prepare a school for you in America. And then that was a big shot for me because I also didn't like Korean Oh, education. he deals with like Korean politicians? No, American oh, okay. politicians. Okay. And yeah, also Korean politicians too. Okay. Both countries. Um, And after meeting him, I thought about going to America because America at the time was my dream place. Mm. And I prayed for three years and I got a chance through Pastor Kim. I think Connor knows him yeah, possibly, who visited the times. MLS mm -hmm. often. He sent um, several, like 240 students almost, to America, American Lutheran high schools. That's awesome. So like through him, I got a chance. So when I had that chance, I took it and then I came to. And, and Peter, you're based out of Michigan, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. So you you know you know the same family that I know. You know uh, uh, the Willits or not? Oh, yeah. Will, yeah. Yeah. You know the Willits family. Willits, yeah. Willits is were my host family, and I sure. call them American oh, family. So yeah, Noah Noah was in my yeah. class. At, He's at my yeah. American brother. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Very and then, cool. And then uh, Miriam Willits ended up marrying a classmate of mine, uh, um, Caleb Caleb Shaywee. Yeah. Oh, okay. And he's, pa cool. he's pastor in Michigan now as well. Hi, Caleb, if you're yeah. listening. Now, Connor and I obviously talked about this a whole bunch on the podcast. Is where second career guys trained to be pastors, um, and the goal is obviously then to be pastors. So, what's the long term goal for you guys? Do you want to, um, like, first of all, what 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 are you pursuing as far as a career? And then, like, do you intend to stay in the states? Do you want to go back to Korea? Like, what what what, is, what do you hope the future looks like? Um, my final goal is becoming a pastor and later maybe, con um, taking my father's job kind of thing. He's kind of a missionary thing, but Christian given counselor that I and pastor praying came up with. He travels to China, Vietnam, Myanmar and Nepal by himself. And he connects people to Korean people and get to support and help them building churches and blah 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 yeah and that might be my final goal continuing his ministry possibly if it's possible but if god would, doesn't want me to do it then i don't think okay sure. that's a good attitude uh i'm coming up on my my last month of school here <laughs> finally um you know, it's funny, me and Peter are the same age, but we both went to the military, and then oh, we're, back, we're back now. But he's got a year left of MLC, and then he's got SEM, and then, yeah, he's got, he's got a little bit don't left. Worry, don't worry, you'll get there. And then I, I'm coming up with my last month, so um, thank God for that. God has richly blessed me with so many different things, and, you know, is obviously the, the, the ability to finish the school year. And then I have a quite a busy and crazy summer coming up because um, my American sister is getting married two days before I graduate. Ooh. And then I'm flying there, flying back, graduating, getting called. Next day I'm flying out to Korea. And then a month later I'm getting married. So <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. It's, it's a very, very busy summer coming up for me. I know you guys are planning on coming back here. Yeah, right? yeah. So we're, we're actually, my fiance and I are both going to move out here to wherever I get a call. So Lord willing, you know, hopefully that'll be at a place where we can both thrive. Um, 
you know, in, in all aspects. So it's, it's just, man, just a lot of uncertainties and, you know, God is really testing my faith here. So <laughs> ultimately, you know, this is a time where I'm like, God, I take, you know, I, I leave it into your hands now, you know, <laughs> so you're really real. nothing I can do about it now. So your future wife is not a student at MLC. She's not pursuing teacher. Track no, or anything no, she, like she already graduated from Penn state. Okay. Um, so she's in Korea right now. That's where we met. Okay. So she's, she's, uh, she's from Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously she's never lived in America. So that's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for her. Wait. So like she went, <clears throat> do you mean full time? Yeah. I mean like, um, so it's, it's a little different, you know, coming to America as a student compared to like, you know, coming here as a, like, a, like an okay, immigrant, yeah. which she will be when she comes here. So do you have American citizenship or I don't. Okay. No. No, people people assume that, that I'm that I'm an American because, like, mainly because of the accent, and mm-hmm. then um, also because I've been here for forever. Yeah, and people well, longer at this point than in yeah, Korea. Right? Like I've lived longer here than I have in in Korea. So like, like people assume that like you know oh you've been here for like you know over a decade blah blah, blah so why aren't you a citizen you know so <clears throat> there's it's a misconception that a lot of people have I'm actually not a citizen is that something on your radar or oh definitely on my radar yes so ultimately like uh becoming a citizen is is a goal of mine but there's a lot of steps <laughs> prior to that so yeah. so i'm kind of curious um you guys both obviously had some some English when you came over here. I mean, you you were probably in school, probably learned English over in Korea. How was it when? No, you, you didn't, didn't have any. Oh, well, I had, but you didn't have. So I, I'm kind of <laughs> curious. How was it like learning American colloquialisms, like little turns of phrase that we say that have words that you can understand, but the meanings behind them are so different than what the words actually mean. Well, for me, it's just from you know watching TV. Yeah. Uh, I watched a lot of TV growing up. Oh. I watched a lot of TV shows. Watched shows like, you know, The Office. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Such a, such a goaded show. <laughs> I love The Office. You'll pick up a lot of things when you watch The Office. Um, and then just, you know, just uh, constantly talking to people. <laughs> I just and, imagine a little Harry, like, barely speaks English, walking around going, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't start watching Office until I entered, uh, let's see, high school maybe. Yeah. Um, because it was, it's, I guess it's like a PG 13 show. Yeah. And so like, we didn't really, we didn't really let people watch PG 13 shows at our household unless you were like 13. So, um, but I really picked it up later and (laughs) turns out it's a fantastic show. (laughs) I loved it. And also just, you know, just being surrounded by people who just speak English on a daily basis Mm -hmm. has just obviously helped me pick up. And then I grew up with people who's speak a lot of sarcasm so (laughs) (laughs) that helps a lot so it's just easy to pick up there but yeah just like learning english in korea and learning english here is just completely different like over in korea you're learning it like by textbook Mm -hmm. but here you get there's some things that you just can't learn while studying Mm -hmm. from a book yeah you know like things like sarcasm or like you know culturally like there are some some things that you're just not going to understand you know um i remember like uh, at, at at my work in Korea, which is where me and my fiance met, um, I told her like, "You look sharp today," as in she looked good. Yeah. And then she was like, "What does that mean? <laughs> like, what do you mean sharp?" And then I was like, "Okay, it just means that like you look good, you know, like <laughs> yeah. things like that. You just can't pick up 
while reading a textbook. Really? You know, like like, like sure. learning English from like a textbook. So culturally, I was blessed because I was here for so long. So there's there's things that I just you know pick up on. Yeah. As a year. Well, and, and something I've noticed about both of you guys that I respect the, the crap out of is you're not afraid to be like I don't. What does that mean? I don't yeah. know what that means. <laughs> Which is probably it probably makes the learning curve a little bit shorter. Um, but like it also sometimes makes you think as a as a as an American of like yeah what does that mean? <laughs> like yeah. how do I explain this? <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Cool. It's so it's so interesting. Like the office was the show that you began to pick up a lot from because it's one thing to learn the little turns of phrase, like how the turntables turn, and then to have it in the office where they mess it up on purpose, <laughs> and like that's an inside joke inside of an inside joke. So that that's that's always interesting. To me. And office is just an example. Like yeah. that's just one of my favorite shows. But like you know other shows watching you know watching uh nickelodeon mm-hmm. um just a lot of those shows growing up so it's just it's just where you pick it up from just watching tv <laughs> yeah so awesome all right well let's get into it then um we got thank yous and shout outs today thank yous and shout outs who wants to get started i got a good shout out to begin with so my shout out is to kelvin johannes or johannes um who showed up late to our practice for uh reading for lay lecturing today or on Saturday, he showed up late because he was at coffee with a woman. Yeah, he was. So, yeah, yeah he we're, was. We're very excited for that. So, yeah, I thought that was that was a good little shout-out for him. Yep, yep. Always steps in the right direction. Cool. Uh, my shout-out um, is to uh, Rick Lowen, who this afternoon... So we, re- we record these on Sunday evenings. So this afternoon did a uh, uh, workshop at MLC. He's the leader of um, cross-training. Uh, which is like a mentorship group for Wells Pastors. And he does a really good job with that. But then he also did a presentation at MLC today um, just talking about um, like challenges that are ahead for people training for ministry and then also kind of how to front load that and, and be um, cognizant of that and start working against some of those challenges before that starts. So, um, yeah, that was, he did an awesome presentation. He's definitely, if you ever get a chance to see him speak, he does an excellent job. Uh, so shout out to Rick Lowen for uh, the presentation he did at MLC today. Um, my shout out goes out to my fiance who's over in Korea. Just winning points. Yep, winning <laughs> points. Too many dudes have come on here and not shouted out their fiances <laughs> and they get in trouble later. So. I have to. I have yep. to. I'm all got to be, got to be shouting What's her name? fiances out. Uh, her name's Sora. So, Hi, you know, Sora. Yeah. <laughs> she, uh, I Look don't know. Look forward she, to meeting you. I don't even know if she knows this exists. Uh, I told her about it. She will I was, now. I told her, you know, I'm going to do a podcast. And so, <clears throat> no, she's just been, you know, just a, just a rock star, you know, doing long distance. Actually, you know, like taking long distance to the next level because we're, some of you can drive like, you know, 12 hours in a car or six hours in a car or like 14 hours by plane (laughs) and then try to cheap either and then it's not cheap and then try to plan a wedding on top of that oh it's a little challenging so there are a lot of difficulties and uh, you know and 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 ultimately um when you're move when you're when you're in a position where you have to move to a new country to follow your significant other and you can't even give the answer to where you're gonna live because yeah, I'm, that's not, true. I'm not gonna find out. I'm not gonna find out until a cold day. Yeah, <laughs> there are a lot of like. See, this and is then why you're gonna be out of the country until you like move to. Oh, you know, that's really so. You know, yeah. this is this is why I you gotta just, move in like July. Right? Yeah. So we get married in on in in June, and then we're going on our honeymoon, and then we come back, visit, do a little family visit, and then we're out. So, not only does she not know where she's going, 
not know what kind of job she'll have, not know how much money I'll be making. And on top of that, we're doing long distance and we're playing a wedding while doing long distance in a different time zone. Yeah, is, so, <clears throat> you know, like, I don't, I, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if anybody else has ever done this. And I don't think people understand how difficult it is, you know, to even comprehend the concept of moving to a new country without knowing where you're going. Well, I was about to tease you about like a mail order bride, but that's even, this is, might be even more intense than, a, than that, because at least in that situation, you have it all set like up. Like a job like, or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just take yeah. every opportunity that I can to just, you know, show my appreciation um, and then just, you know, thanking her and just making sure that she feels loved and all that stuff that follows along. Because, and she's willing to put up with you. So. Yeah, and she's willing to put up with me. So, you know, that can't, can't really ask much more, you know, out of us sitting together. So just by her moving here is already enough for me. So that's, 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 that's just, yeah, that's just, I can't say, I can't say it any other way but to say thank you. So... Yeah. That's just that's just where my shout out goes. All right, Peter, ready to shout out your Korean fiance? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm thinking about shout out to my parents. Yeah, my father is currently in Vietnam, mm. traveling, and my mom is working hard as a like head of the house. So it's kind Do of. Do you have a bunch of siblings? There is a one older brother, but we never talk to each other. <laughs> So like meh. Okay. But mom's holding down the fort at home, huh? Yeah. Shout out Peter's mom. Yeah. <laughs> What's her name? Her name is Kwan Jin Kyung. Kwan Jin Kyung? Yep. Hello, Kwan Jin Kyung. No, Kwan Jin Kyung. Kyung. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Kwan Jin Kyung. Yeah. Kwan Jin Kyung. It's just Kyung. getting worse. You're just progressively yeah. getting worse. Let's just, just say it's good. This is Kwan Jin Kyung. Kyung. Peter's mom. Kwan. Kwan. Jin. Chin Kyung. Kyung. Yeah. There we go. Peter's mom. <laughs> now we understand why we picked English. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> I yes. do. I do. I do. All right. Uh, cool. And then thank yous. My thank you is going out to Joellen Crone from uh, MLC. She's the financial lady. I don't know what else to call her. Uh, but she's like the head of the financial wellness team or program or whatever. And she did an awesome I was honestly kind of dreading. They do a meeting with all the seniors at the end of the school year yep, before right, you go nine. off to, well, actually, all the seniors in general, but specifically for pastors before they go to the seminary and then teachers before they like actually go out and start mm-hmm. earning money and things. And I was a little bit nervous about it because, well, I mean, I'm a 30-year-old second career student full-time student yeah like it's yep. just it's not a great place to be financially yeah. and she was so just like took everything in stride and just hey we're we're here's a plan here's what here's what you do here's how we take care of this and off we go and um i knew i wasn't in i, I mean i, I kind of framed that as if i'm in awful shape financially i'm like i haven't been super irresponsible or anything um but wasn't quite where I want. Just with like car repairs and you know, I had to buy a new computer and things like that. Just incidental stuff. It wasn't re- really where I wanted. Was hoping to be. And she went, "Oh no, you're doing fine." And just laid it out. And uh, yeah, it's it's awesome both to have because we didn't get this kind of an education when I went through MLC the first time. It's not like they didn't teach us anything, but as far as this like uh, intentional step by step process of you're learning how to do all these things that you're going to need to do as a called worker and be a good steward of the time and talents and money that you have and then we're also going to work with you to build 
appropriate budgets and to start putting money away and start paying back your loans and all that to be a part of your college experience to have somebody counseling you on all those things is such a tremendous blessing um so yeah shout out to joellen for all the awesome things she's doing at mlc specifically for my meeting with her but she's doing all kinds of wonderful things beyond that too so thank yous uh, my thank you is to pastor Beauvais for the opportunity to lay lecture this morning he uh, did a great job in prepping us for for that on on saturday and i had a really good time participating in the service this morning and got a lot of really kind words from people in the congregation and you know just another thing to keep practicing and keep working on and and i appreciate the opportunity your beard is looking really sharp by the way thank you very much like long and i sharpened it before (laughs) (laughs) thank yous no you got a thank you you want to throw out there? No, I think I, I said my thank you. Right, yeah, yeah that, that was, I think that yeah. was enough for me. Yeah, cool to connect with your families. All right. Uh, Hold on, I, I, got, qu- I okay, got one go ahead. little brief little shout out to uh, President Gurgle this morning, or this <laughs> afternoon. I uh, I was also uh, part of the processional for the anniversary service for uh, Dr. Olson. And uh, at the end of the service, as a brief little caveat, he said thank you to everyone participating in the service. And he said to us in particular, to our uh what did he call it? The the guy that bears the cross, uh, uh, the cru- crucifer. It was the yep. crucifer, and then he said, "And to our two Lucifers as well." <laughs> and everyone kind of stopped and looked up, and he's like, "Lucifer meaning like light bearer, the one who brings the torches in." And so, like, I learned Pretty a new sure word. Like I knew, learned a new word today. Yeah, like yeah. That, yeah. He called us Lucifers, and That's I was like, "Fine." <laughs> Never been called that That's before, awesome. but thank you. <laughs> our two Lucifers, yeah. Oh man, that's good. I like that. I, I wonder if that is the technical. I don't know. I wonder if that is the. If it's coming term. from Gurgle, I would believe yeah, it's, it's, a, probably, it's probably the Latin yeah. term. Although his his humor is so unique to him that he <laughs> might be. Yeah. I don't know. All right, that's a good. That's a good. Thank you. If you would like, or we call it. Um, Thank you specifically today to Ozzy from New Ulm, Minnesota. Um, Ozzy, you know we know you. We know you. We, we love you. But thank you also for uh, your donation. We call it a cup of coffee donation because for the price of a cup of coffee, you can help support the ministry we're doing with young men. If you'd like to support or help fund the work we do here at Gird Up, go to www.girdup.com, select Buy Us a Cup of Coffee in the main menu, and make your donation there. And somebody brought it to my attention that it was hard to find those links on the website, so I rearranged the little bit it's very clear and easy to see now uh where you should click and all that and uh we appreciate any way that you're able to help us out this isn't free to put together so uh we we love being able to do it and uh, we appreciate you guys helping to support that project as well our question of the week this week am i the only person who doesn't know what i want to do with my life i'm a sophomore in college and need to declare my major but i have no idea what i want to do with my life My parents are getting impatient, and I'm not even sure I want to be in college. Any advice? Well, first of all, this might be the perfect group of guys to ask because (laughs) none of us are traditional college students. Well, number one, you're going to want to talk to your friends and family because those are the people that genuinely know you the best and love you and have the best intentions for you. So when you, if you're if you're at a point in your life where you're just kind of stuck in neutral and you don't really know where you're going. Like, talking to those people and them having them say, like, I really see you doing this with your life, or you really have skills in this area, that can be a major benefit. And, and it might not be exactly what you want to do, but it can spark you, spark an interest within you that sends you down a whole different path that that opens up a whole bunch of doors for you. Yeah, you know, also, <clears throat> I think it's important to, if you're like a sophomore, you know, 
or wherever you are. You're um, probably 19, 20 years old. Right. Yeah. No, I think it's important to remember, you know, um, think back to why you came to MLC in the first place. You know, like what, senior year, you know, you have all these. You could have gone to, you know, other universities or colleges, but then you chose to come to MLC. So like, or whatever school you chose. Or, yeah, I mean, yeah or, in our or, context, it's MLC, but yeah. or you know, whatever college you chose to go to. So think about why you chose to do that, and then also think about you know what are your passions, because if there is something that you should never do is you know uh, get peer pressure into doing something that you don't want to do, especially mm-hmm, if it's your yeah. career. And I think with your career, you should you know pursue your passion. And if you are you know being pressured by your parents to do this because they did this and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like, pause, take a step back, and then reevaluate yourself. What are your passions? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what do you want to do? And then once you figure that out, and then you can start pursuing things. You know, if you're just doing it just for going through the motions of it, I think that's the wrong approach there. Yeah. You know, so. And I agree with you. And But what the easy pushback would be on that idea is um, sometimes passion doesn't pay. Right. Yeah. And I would take that in the direction and say, um, you're not necess- you're letting your passions inform your decision making, but your passion is not the thing that makes decisions for you. So, for example, if you love to paint, right? It's, and I don't know if this is even a good example or not. But if you love to paint, that doesn't mean that you drop out of school, sell everything except for your paintbrushes and your easel, and start doing watercolors. You know, 10 hours a day and trying to sell them online. That's irresponsible and foolish. You're not being a good steward of what you've been given, right? What you should be doing then is saying, I really love art. I have a passion for art. What can I do with my life that involves art that will also support my lifestyle and things like that? Right. And I'm not saying you were. I'm saying, like, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Figure out what you're passionate about, what you really enjoy. One of the ways I like to frame it in my own brain is: Could I is is this something I can see myself doing for the rest of my life? Right? Mm-hmm. And the answer might not be yes to a specific job, but as far as like an occupation or a role or something like that, I know a whole bunch of guys that work in landscaping or road construction or wherever it is. They're not passionate at all about the construction or about the landscaping or whatever. What they are really passionate about is like customer relationships and team leadership and yeah. group dynamics and things like that. And so then they, what they're really passionate about is leading a team or a crew. Yep. And it just happens to be that they are in a field where you're doing this or that or whatever. Yeah. Or some of these Amazon guys too. Like the big, I've met several um, like region, I, I don't like the, the big warehouses and everything. Like sure. the people that are in charge of those that do all the shipping and all that kind of stuff, they aren't passionate about shipping. <laughs> they're not passionate about delivering um, boxes. What they're passionate about is like leader team dynamics and, mm-hmm. and um, helping people build careers and things like that. Um, like my mom and my sister are both human resources people. They're not passionate about you know the, the, the culinary industry or my mom, the last place she worked was at a, a trucking company. She's not passionate about trucking. What she loves is helping people be successful. Sure. And helping companies do well, and so that might be more of the direction you you start in is 
Uh, it's not a question of what am I passionate about, I'm going to go do that and nothing else. The question is, how can my passion and the things I get passionate about guide my decision-making as far as a career to pursue? Yeah, I've, I've got a great example of that. I have a, a really close friend of mine who his greatest passion in life is lifting. All, all he loves to do is lift. And at the time, he was just working as a janitor at the local high school. Well, I mean, he was still lifting. He was still doing all that stuff. But he figured out that by going back to school, he was able to, to get a teaching degree. And now he teaches PE at that class or at that school that he was a janitor at. And so he went from, he, he turned his, his passion for exercise into something that not only he gets to do on a regular basis, but gets to teach the next generation about how to have passion about their own physical health and that kind of stuff. Now, Peter, you talked a little bit about you know, wanting to walk in your dad's footsteps, but mm-hmm. um, once you're done with high school, you have the option of going back to Korea or going to, I would get, I mean, knowing you, um, I don't know you really well, but I know you well enough to go, know that you could have gone pretty much anywhere you want to do for school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what goes into that decision to come to MLC and then remain? Because also, you can't have an easy out, like both before and after your military service, too. You've had an opportunity to go out the back door a few different times, mm-hmm. and yet you're still here doing this. So what informed your decision that you want to become a pastor? Mm, that's a good question to answer, but I cannot answer that clearly because I had this passion thing from my young age because I grew up in that kind of environment because my father has friends who are all either pastors or missionaries. But they didn't work not only in Korea, but outside of Korea. So all over the places, I got to hear what God worked through those kind of people. And I still remember one person who actually worked mission with the people who eat human bodies, like carnivalism. Oh yeah, cannibals? Cannibals. And that shocked me a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. So like, I... I, th- I think I can say that my passion developed from my young age and that got stoned hard. Like it got, it became hardened. So like I decided, you know what, dad, I think I'm going to be a pastor. Yeah. And what a blessing, right? To yeah. not be wrestling with that. I actually feel almost the opposite way, or I did for many years, was I love my dad dearly and I've always wanted to be like my dad in a lot of ways. Um, but he hasn't had a particularly easy ministry uh-huh. and I didn't want, I wanted to steer clear of that. That's what I wanted to well. steer clear of. <laughs> and so that's one of the reasons why it took me so long. I, mean, I, I don't also don't regret at all being a teacher. It was a uh-huh. wonderful thing and it was a wonderful blessing. And it's also going to serve me really well as a pastor too. Um, so I'm not saying that I don't really, there are any regrets there at all. I would say, but um, I will say that I probably would have pursued becoming a pastor sooner mm-hmm. and um, would have avoided a lot of hurts in some <laughs> ways if I had been willing to just go do that. Knowing that I had a, um, a heart for that kind of ministry and a skill set that serves really well there, um, I don't know, like watching my dad be a pastor kind of went the opposite direction where it was um, like, I don't think I want to be in that role. Like, I don't want to be the guy in those, in those positions. And now I've kind of understand that that's not uh-huh. the, necessarily the case. Like every pastor is going to have different experiences. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting that you that you say that. I have a one more comment to say. Once my old, old uh, once my older brother told my family, saying, "Dad, as a father in the family and a husband in the family, is not a good model, but as a worker, he's the greatest model or example that he can show." Yeah. Because, like, 
as a family member, he goes out like every month, like two weeks. So like we get, don't really get to see him a lot. So my mother was the one who got, who had to suffer a lot. The thing was, my father also didn't want to get married first because he knew what he was gonna do, and he didn't want to make his family to suffer. But he kind of did. No matter well, what, but you, so. uh, but at the same time, you're gonna have to make sacrifices and. You know, regardless, right? Yeah. So if you find a woman who knows who go who's coming in with her eyes open and she knows, right? Mm-hmm. And it worked out. Like you, you turned out pretty good. I mean, my mom didn't know what my father was doing before until oh, okay. they only met like three months and then they got married. Okay. Wow. So like my and my mom was in Seoul and my father was in Jeju Island like thirty years ago. So he, my mom had to go to Jeju Island to see him, but not okay. often because she also was working. Yeah. So they didn't know each other enough well, and they got married. And <laughs> 30 years now, it's working well. Good. Sometimes they Good. fight, but... Yeah, it happens in Things were a little different back in the day in yeah. Korea. You know, there was a lot of people who got married after a um, short period of time. Like, for example, my parents, it is to my knowledge that they met each other three times before they got married. Wow. Like, not go oh. on dates, like... Hi, nice to meet you. And then two more times after that, and then they got married, it's which is just like kind of mind blowing. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I and when I found out, I was like, "Excuse me, <laughs> I was like, what? what? <laughs> like you saw this dude three times and you married him? Like what? Must be one handsome guy. I, I think it was more like you know, it, I think arranged marriages were kind of a thing back in the day. Uh-huh. Um, like families, because. You know, um, in Korea, like when you get married, it's like two families coming together. So it's it can almost be perceived as like a transactional thing. So back in the day, it, the Korean culture is a little different. So like, um, I, it also might have been like that. Like both both my grandparents, like they probably had a lot of influence in like their decision i don't know but then when i found out i was just like um okay <laughs> yep all right <laughs> yeah it's like okay. yeah well actually there's statistics that demonstrate that that um like they have a higher rate of success actually than like tradi- than um americans that so americans americans who uh participate in in, in so particularly you're talking about immigrant families generally but americans who participate in um, arranged marriages have a almost a hundred percent success rate as far as the like the marriage lasting long term, which is obviously far higher than like a fifty percent divorce rate of the general population of Americans. And so there's definitely there's definitely um, advantages and disadvantages to that, but it doesn't it's not always a bad thing either. I mean, sometimes your family knows you better than you know yourself too. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's just so, an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, and actually, that kind of does lend itself to the conversation we're having too. Is that also should play a a role in determining um, what you choose to do with your career too? You know, like you, if you're going to be a high level lawyer, you need to recognize that you're going to live a different lifestyle than you know if you're a 
Well, a teacher might not be the right example because <laughs> you're going to work a lot of hours as a teacher too. Uh, but you know, if, if you're going to be a trainer at a gym or a, or a janitor or if you're going to work construction, like if you're working construction, you're going to have really busy seasons and you're going to have seasons where you have more time to be at home, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, if you're going to be a, you know, if you're going to trade stocks or you're going to be a lawyer or a doctor, you're going to have to, those are also sacrifices you, you want to make. And uh, actually I was talking to a young lady um, a couple of days ago who was kind of wrestling with that in a relationship uh, where she and her boyfriend are at the point where they're deciding whether or not to get serious, right? Mm-hmm. And the question is, you know, um, we both have a career in mind. Are our are, are visions of the future, are they compatible with each other? Mm-hmm. And to what degree is each of us willing to um, make those sacrifices, mm-hmm. right? So that also does play a role. Whether or not you have figured out who you want to spend your life with, that also does play a role then in your decision-making as far as what you want to do as a career. Yeah. I think the other thing I would say about choosing a career is um, you don't have to tr- you don't have to figure out you don't have to figure it out right away. Like mm-hmm. what you should be doing is pursuing opportunities that interest you and excite you and then also never turning down an opportunity in hopes that another opportunity will come. You pursue the opportunities as they're presented and um, you do the best you can to find something that because that's one of the things that I think is a challenge for American culture at the moment is you want to be like it's instead of being um, like long term like happy as far as um, it's, I'm gainfully employed I enjoy my work so on and so forth we're trying to find like a perfect fit and the perfect picture of what my life is going to look like mm-hmm. and all that it needs to be a ready made cookie cutter this just fits yeah. this is me you know. And if I'm not chasing down my dreams and this, that, or whatever, then it doesn't work for me. Yeah. And that's not a—it's not an attitude that's going to serve you well long term. And it's definitely not an attitude that's going to serve you well in um, regards to like a career and things. Yeah. And that starts in fourth and fifth grade when you have a bunch of kids on a playground all talking about how they're going to make it to the NBA. Like, bro, your dad is a five foot two, and he's, your dad's a five foot two accountant. You're not playing in the NBA. <laughs> Like, you're not playing in the NBA. <laughs> so go ahead and chase down basketball, play basketball, love basketball. Mm-hmm. What Connor was talking about with the guy that loves to lift weights, right? He loves that physical culture, working mm-hmm. out, being healthy. So he found a way to turn that into a career where he used to be around that every day. He doesn't have to be a professional bodybuilder in order to be happy, right? But you have some of that stuff going on with young people at the moment where it's like, I don't love everything about this, therefore it's not for me. It's like, man, yeah. you, you're going to make sacrifices no matter what you choose. If you're if you're 19, 20, like the world is your oyster right now. Like, <clears throat> you've got so much stuff out of it. Even even Charlie and I, as I approach 30, and as Charlie approaches 40. Oh, like, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> approaches 31. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, but we don't even, just round up 10 yeah. years. Even okay. even in our more seasoned age, like we're I'm, I don't feel the gun to my head at all or anything like that. And granted, like I have I have a career path that I, that I have laid out before me. But there are countless examples of extremely successful people, like top of their field, successful people that didn't get started until later in life. I mean, there's there's no age limit to when you can find that career that actually sticks with you. And money is not the end-all, be-all. We need money to, to live our lives and stuff like that, but I think we kind of have this glamorized version where every, or this glamorized vision that everybody's going to own a jet or everyone's going to own a ski boat or something like that, like... 
be content, be happy with what you have in your life and figure out how to turn your passion or even interest into something that makes you happy. If your job doesn't make you happy, find something outside of work that does make you happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, oh, sorry. Um, you know, I, we're living in a world where the, these next generations of kids live in, in the concept of convenience. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's just more convenient now compared to back when, even back when I was in grade school. So if it doesn't get, we live it. I think we live in a world where people always chase instant gratification, and if they don't achieve that, they just like, you know, like they're like, oh, why is this not working? You know, like, and so, and social media being as powerful as it is today, you know, you see all these like in quote unquote influencers doing all these things. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so easy to get, you know, like lost in that mess. You know, um, and everything being so, I'll use the word convenience again, because it's just, you can be, you can see someone on Instagram, you know, um, doing like, let's, for example, like you see all these like life hacks that like you see Mm -hmm. on Instagram and like, oh, um, because I was able to save X amount of money because I follow whatever and try to get followers. And like, so people, you know, oh, maybe if I do this, I'll get rich. Or maybe if I do this, I'll make you know bunch of money like so people tend to like skip a bunch of steps to get to up there when you really need to you know gradually get there like people yep. want to skip the step in the middle yep. you know that's the world we're living in right yeah. now the instant gratification mm-hmm. yeah. so i think that's i think that's going to be yeah. a, a problem life is not a hack it's a habit yeah yeah that's truth and to go along with that one somebody i don't remember where i heard this but some is a book somewhere somebody said um Pursue opportunity and bring your passion with you. Mm-hmm. So don't pursue your passion. Pursue opportunities and bring your passion with you into those opportunities. And also be mindful about, obviously, which opportunities you pursue then. And I jotted three things down, and I think it's worth, uh, just in my brain, it's a simple way to think about it. Don't be in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Don't be lazy. So not knowing what you want to do with your life is not a good reason to just play video games all day and hide <laughs> from the real world. So don't be lazy. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be lazy. And don't bail out on good opportunities hoping for another to come. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe a better way to say that is pursue opportunities and let your passion come along for the mm-hmm. ride. Can I add one more thing yeah, dude. Yeah. to your points? Yeah. And I, I will say don't be afraid to fail. Yeah, young, and there are many opportunities. Give something a try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the failures will make you grow too. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I wanted the, there's two or three people in my life that I that I know. There's no doubt in my mind they love going to work every single day, and all three of those people that just pop into my mind right away. I I can name like a dozen jobs that they've done, and now they're finally, (laughs) you know, now they're 35, and they love every day of work, and it's not what they studied for, and it's not what they thought they were going to do, but they love it, and they're never going to do anything else. Um, yeah, and, and it's very rarely what you thought you were going to be doing when you were 19. So, yeah, be patient. Find something that you can get behind and go do it. Yeah, pursue opportunity. Cool. If you would like us, or if you've got a question you'd like us to answer on the podcast, use the links in the description below to get a hold of us on social media or by email and let us know what you want the bros to talk about next. All right. Today we're talking about the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer. The fifth petition in the small catechism goes as follows. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What does this mean? 
We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look at our sins or deny our prayer because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them, but we ask that he would give them all to us by his grace, for we daily sin much and do deserve nothing but punishment. So we will sincere, so we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. Hmm. Awesome. Any thoughts to lead it? <clears throat> you know, um, when it comes to forgiving other people, you know, um, I think it's important to, you know, really reflect on yourself first. You know, before you go ahead and say, oh, I'm never going to forgive you for this. Like, look back to yourself like, now, everybody's got to answer to God. So, um, you look at yourself and you're like, okay, so let's look at, let's take a look at you, right? In the eyes of God, you know, um, what makes you think that God should forgive you for this? You know, like, in, in the eyes of God, he does, right? And so, if he was able to, if God is able to forgive you for the sins that you did, which you commit every day, you know, like, wh why can't you just turn around and forgive others, yeah. right? I think it just, I think that that's like the selfish mentality that we have mm -hmm. nowadays, you know, like, I'm better than you, therefore, I'm not going to do this, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So People don't get themselves in trouble by forgiving too much. They get themselves in trouble Absolutely. by forgiving too little. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now you can make the, you could talk about forgetting as a different. That's a different thing. Like when we talk about forgive and forget, forgetting is the part that sometimes comes back to bite you. The forgiveness is never the thing that becomes an issue later on. Yeah. I also yeah man. I also I like where you're going with that and that idea that um, like the more I reflect on myself and the better I understand myself and my own nature and my own behaviors and habits, the easier it's going to be to forgive other people because. <laughs> Yeah, I reckon when I recognize just how badly I need to be forgiven, it's a little bit easier to give that forgiveness to others. Well, I mean, Jesus <clears throat> in the gospel sets the example right away when he says, let he who has not sinned cast the first stone. Like yeah. how, how can you stand up against that? You have to remind yourself constantly that nothing that you do merits any type of forgiveness or salvation. Like we are, we are sinful people and like we can do good works, but without, without, the love of Christ behind it, like it, it's as the Bible says, it's all filthy rags. Yeah, that's one of my the uh, the original the original language says men, used menstrual cloths. Mm -hmm. That's the yeah. yeah right. That's what God thinks of all my righteous acts, right? Well, and, and while we're on that topic, I that's the other thing Luther really really emphasized in his explanation is we don't forgive in order so that God would forgive us. We forgive others because we have been forgiven already. Yeah. And so it's a response to the forgiveness I've already received from my Heavenly Father, not in, in order to be forgiven by God. And that's where I think a lot of people get off on weird theological tangents when they say, well, God can't forgive you because you won't forgive the people around you. The reason you forgive the people around you is that you have already been forgiven, and the God who forgave you commands you to forgive the people around you as well. Yeah. So I'm not going to turn around and spit and back in his face after he forgives me by saying, no, I'm going to continue to hate the people around me. I'm going to hold the behaviors of those that you have forgiven against them because I know better than you do is really what you're saying yeah. to God. We say, I know you've forgiven them, but I haven't. Well, that's because I know better than you. I know more than you. This and that's a very arrogant thing to this say. This petition just humbles everybody. I mean, like, like yes. Like, I think when I was reading the, the large catechism in preparation for this, Luther talks about how 
like even before we pray this prayer, even before we think about all of our misdeeds, even before we seek forgiveness from our Savior, like for, we already have forgiveness as laid out in the Gospels for us. But we pray this prayer because like we we want not necessarily the validation from God that we're that we're forgiven, but God's but God asks us to pray this prayer and to seek His forgiveness because it is that recognition that on my own two feet I'm nothing. I I don't deserve the forgiveness that's been graciously given to me. What do we mean when we say forgive? Like what does that mean? Does that mean you forget about it and act like it never happened? Obviously, no. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that you're foolish and do stupid things, right? Because every once in a while you'll hear somebody trying, like, if you were a real Christian, you blah, blah, blah. Say, brother, I forgave you. It doesn't mean I'm going to, like, you stole my car. I forgive you. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm going to let you borrow my car, mm-hmm. right? That maybe is a bad example, but, you know. You know, last last time last time I left you alone, my girlfriend you tried to kiss her. Well, I forgive yeah. you, we're, we're, but that doesn't mean we're still friends. Right? Yeah. You know. That. So, what do we mean when we say forgive? Well, I mean, you think about <clears throat> you think about the example that Christ set for us. I mean, when Christ forgave us, when 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 we're forgiven by Christ. It's not like we're holding those sins over people's heads anymore. We're not, we're not constantly reminding them like, oh yeah, I forgive you, but you know, remember that time you did that to me. But, <laughs> but I, I think you're you're very on track when you say like, like there is an aspect to, to the fact that we recognize that people will struggle with sin. So if if one of the sins that your friend struggles with is that he has the desire to kiss your girlfriend every time you're well, not here, maybe alcohol is a better one, right? <laughs> okay, you have an alcoholic parent. So your parents are alcoholic. Does that mean that, that you're just going to turn a blind eye every time they bring in a fifth of rum or something like that? No, like you want to be, you want to be there and you forgive them in the hopes that by forgiving them, they recognize within themselves that they have a shortcoming and that's something that they need to work on in themselves. So, yes, you forgive and you don't hold over their heads anymore, but you're also mindful of the fact that people are struggling. We're all sinful. Yeah. No, I think you nailed it. Holding it against other people versus um, understanding that there are consequences for behavior, right? So we're not going to, like, oh, I, I, don't, I heard this really recently. I'm trying to remember who said it. You forgive everyone. You forget if you can. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's if, good. Because I mean, even Proverbs is full of of wise sayings about not returning to your sin or not making the same mistake twice. Those kinds of things. Um, Jesus certainly never says, you know, if you're. He said, uh, if you if your neighbor slap, strikes you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. He does not say. Um, you know, strip down, take the knife, and plunge his knife into your chest. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it. There's a there's a whole different thing going on here. Is mm-hmm. also Jesus isn't talking about forgiveness in that passage. Um, he's talking about like when we talk about forgiveness, what we're talking about is our relationship with the people around us, and um, I guess how we I don't know I don't maybe where we hold them in our regard. Yeah, is like I, I still love you. I still care about you. I still. I'm praying for you. I'm still actively loving you. I'm not just abandoning you because you're sinful. But the most loving thing I can do right now for you yeah. might be to create a bit of distance. Yeah. 
or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to get rid of all the alcohol in the house, or mm-hmm. you get your phone privileges taken away, whatever it might be. Yeah, I mean, that's a good application probably to parents, too. Yeah. Of You can forgive uh, and still have consequences for for bad behaviors. Mm-hmm. You guys got anything you want to throw in there? Anything to add? No, I think you guys nailed it. Are you feel like you guys are good at forgiving or not? Some people naturally just are, right? You think is that something you guys struggle with? I mean, I think it just depends on like the situation for everybody. You know, there are some things where you can just, you know, um, naturally as human beings, we're just like, oh yeah, no, you're good or whatever. And then like there are some things that are more severe. Um, and then you're naturally is your sinful, sinful, you know, nature takes over and you're like, oh, you know, you're holding a grudge yeah. or, you know, um, how can you do this? Whatnot. Um, but again, those times, you know, although it, it's going to be hard, but yeah. you know, <laughs> depending on what it is, it's going to be really hard for you to get over that, you know? Um, but whatever it might be, you know, just remember that Christ got over you mm-hmm. you know <laughs> so like think about all the things that you did you know and then like think about all the little actions all your thoughts all your 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 minds your your actions christ forgave you for all of it you know and so who are you to just say i can't forgive that person okay well christ forgave you so like what does that say about it? yeah you know yeah. So. Yeah. I. <clears throat> I don't know. Like, I'm a bigger fellow myself. So, like, <clears throat> I remember growing up, and even even in my adulthood, like any time like somebody's wronged me, and especially in regard to like like if I've been physically hurt by somebody or something like that, my immediately thought in my head was, well, I probably had that coming, or like, oh, it's not that big a deal. Like, I can I can definitely take that. And so, for me, I've never had a much of a problem when it comes to forgiving people. But I often. Like, I'm not going to sit here and boast and say that I'm, I'm the perfect forgiver out there or anything like that, but I've, there are definitely times where I've said on the surface, oh, I forgive you for what you're, for what you've done for me, but I've always held that in my heart and been mindful of you or something like that. And, and so I think, I don't know if that toes the line between being forgiven and being not necessarily wearing, but, but aware of that person's personal struggles or holding a grudge or something like that. Yeah, and, and the being aware of that person's struggles, too. You don't want to make excuses for them because mm-hmm. their behavior still was bad behavior. But, again, do you hold it against them or do you hope the, for the best for them? And and that's I really struggle when people attack my like my honor or my integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big struggle for me. Like, to come back from that with me is a hard thing. Yeah. And what I've um, – and, and, unfortunately, a lot of breakups end up that way where, like, it, it, it becomes a a, attacking your integrity, right? Yeah. Well, I can't be with you. I can, I'm not the reason we can't be together. So that means you have to be the reason you can't be together. And I'm yeah. going to outline for you all the reasons why, you know, you're not what I thought you were or whatever it might be. It's an attack on your integrity. And that's kind of the way yeah. most breakups go. Um, or with guys, like when it could be even just an incidental comment or whatever it is, when I feel like I've been not disrespected from like a um, – you know, he was teasing me or whatever it is in it. That, oh, that one hit a little too close to home. That's one thing. It's another thing when somebody like looks you in the eye and is clearly making an effort to be like to attack genuinely. your to genuinely attack your yeah. either your integrity or your honor or whatever it might be. 
that is really hard for me to forgive. That's what I've found myself doing sometimes is like when it, cause it'll just like well up in you. And sometimes without any warning, like you'll just be like cleaning the house and all of a sudden it's like, I hate that guy, <laughs> you know, or, Oh, she, mm, I can't believe she did that to me. And what I will often just say, like under my breath, just say, you know, I love you and I forgive you. Yeah. You know, so-and-so I love you. Jimmy, I, I if you were Jimmy and you know me, don't. Yeah, not, it's just a random name. But Jimmy, I love you and I forgive you. Or, you know, Lord, help me forgive him. You know, I know you've forgiven him. Help me forgive him. And uh, also, like you see on my board over here, all the there's. I don't think there's anybody up there at the moment, actually. But every once in a while, I'll put somebody up on the board too, where they've. I I'm struggling with forgiving them, and so I put them up on the board and I pray for them every day until I'm not having a hard time forgiving them anymore. Because <laughs> there's no, I think there's no more humble thing you can do than to pray for somebody. Like not pray out in public and make a big deal out of it, but actually sit down and be like, all right, I'm going to spend t- my personal time with Jesus talking about you. Oh, you mean like pray for those who persecute you or something? Yeah, like, oh, it's almost like it's in scripture. Well, speaking of scripture, I thought it was also interesting how Luther emphasized that. <clears throat> Immediate, immediately after the Lord's Prayer, like Jesus re-emphasizes this aspect of the prayer in itself. In, in uh, Matthew 6, verse 14, he says, if, uh, if you forgive others their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. So it sounds contingent. It, all, it really kind of sounds contingent. Like you cannot expect forgiveness if you cannot forgive yourself. And that's not to say that like if you could don't, if you don't immediately forgive somebody of their sin like like you're you're damned to hell or something like that but like recognizing that forgiveness is something that you don't deserve because we sin often and daily and everybody around you that might wrong you is just as guilty of sinning often and daily and sometimes that happens against you and so recognizing that like if your heavenly father can forgive you then you should be able to What's the right word? You should be able to model that same forgiveness that Christ forgave you. And so you have to find it within yourself be willing to forgive those who wrong you. All right. Awesome. Any last words? One more little yeah, thing go ahead. from Luther. He talks about at the end of the uh, <clears throat> at the end of the large catechism, he talks about how this prayer carries the same power of forgiveness that we receive from the Lord's Supper and Baptism. So think about how powerful those two things are and how much they're championed within our churches. And like the fact that praying this prayer heaps upon us the same forgiveness that we don't deserve when we receive the Lord's Supper and when we are baptized. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. I, re- I mean, I read that, mm-hmm. and it just kind of went whoop, right over my head. Like, oh, yeah, we get forgiveness for all th- three of these things. Yeah, that's why but, you pay me to be on here. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's why you're drinking your own beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's New Glarus, though. That's good stuff. It is good stuff. All right. Um, jumping into Bible trivia then this oh, week. No. So you two you two guys here haven't participated in Bible trivia yet. I found help. a good website, so these are good questions, I promise. I'll pro- probably be proven to be wrong now, but I'm going to go out and say that these are going to be good questions. Um, pause for a second after I ask the question, just in case the audience wants to try and figure it out or guess it. And go ahead. If you guys can get two out of three correct, then I'll say something positive about you at the end. Anyway, here we go. Here we go. We'll start with a nice, easy one. Who watched as Moses floated down the basket, or floated in a basket down the Nile River? Who watched? Miriam. Who was his 
Sister. Good. Good All right. Good so it's one for one. One for one. Already doing better than uh, they did last week. Okay, here we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. A little bit tougher now. James. In the book of James, James used the example of which Old Testament figure to demonstrate how the prayers of a righteous man can have powerful results. Think about this one. It's logical. It's logical that this would be the guy. So who, which Old Testament figure was used to demonstrate how the prayers of a righteous man have powerful results? Oh, Fire raining yeah, down from heaven. Um, oh. Do it. Elijah? Elijah Good it job. is. Elijah it is. I'll give you I'll give you that. I know I give you a clue, but I'll give you that one. Alright, so we're two for two here. Um hmm. <laughs> No, we're not doing that one. Okay. Um complete this verse. Oh. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bring How beautiful is from Isaiah chapter 52. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bring Everybody's always glad to hear the news. Good news. Good news. You don't know. You don't get to count that. Yeah, you do not that get to counts. count that. That's All three. right. That's three. All right. Whatever. Say something nice now. All right. <laughs> what does Paul call the Galatians? He calls them what? He said, oh, blank Galatians. You blank Galatians. Peak. No. What's that? Pig? No. Pig? No. No. Um. It's a good Paul word. It's also a good Solomon word. It's not like foolish. Uh, foolish. I was going to say childish or something like that. That would be on the right track. Yeah. Okay, one Thank more. You. One more. Here we go. This one's from the life of Jesus. Okay. Who thought... Oh, you better get this. Okay. Oh, I'm going to even do a different one. Which disciple held a feast for Jesus and invited both tax collectors and sinners? Levi. Matthew. Matthew. Yeah, well, they're the same person. Levi and Matthew, the same dude. Very nicely done. So we're going to say four for five on that one. Four for five. Four for five on that one. That's not bad. That is good. Yeah, it's amazing. What's the... Okay, think about this. What's the factor that changed here that you got four out of five right this time, but you've got a bunch wrong every other time we've done this? Uh, Gustav is not here. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Interesting how that is. I hope he does. Interesting how that is. Yeah, anyway. Shout out to Gustav for stinking at Bible (laughs) trivia. All right. Um, top three today. Top three skills you don't have, but you would like to learn. So these are skills that you don't have now, or that you're not good at now, but they're things that you would like to learn. I'll go first. I would love to learn bushcraft. Like I would oh, love to be the kind of guy that you could just drop into the wilderness in the middle of nowhere with a knife, and I could just like live. Yeah, I, that would be awesome. I would love those skills. I think I would love to be an expert in real estate really because you can make oh, a lot of money yeah in real estate. for sure so if you know what you're doing 
you know you could you could be uh you could be sitting pretty well getting passive income and be a millionaire yeah. by the time yeah. you're 40 and you yeah. don't even have to be like investing in big major properties or whatever yeah like, you, you just find the right the right uh-huh. stuff at the right places yep. at the right you just places. have to you just have to find it flip it rent it and then just mm-hmm. keep the yeah. passive income coming i know a couple of people that were second career students that paid their way through seminary that way they bought a they bought a house in new Ulm, flipped it for profit um, when they moved to the Mequon, oh. and then they bought a house in Mequon, and by the time they got to Vicar Year, flipped that for profit, and nice. then bought a house that was almost ready, like way under bid, and got it. And uh, that one didn't need as much work for senior year, and then they flipped that one, and then took that money, and so they didn't didn't have any loans to pay off. That's great. And Whoa. then they had a down payment for their house when they got their first call. Oh. That's if fantastic. you could, if you could pull that off, that is a great a great gig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you have to have enough. Both of those, two of those three families actually, two of those three owned a house somewhere else first, so they had the the nest egg to start that mm-hmm. first project. That that would be the challenging part with yeah. getting the first project, uh, like getting the house and then fixing it for a profit. That first one would be the biggest challenge. Yeah, you just gotta work and save up, and then just yeah. know what you're doing. You know, yeah. you just gotta know what you're looking for, and then just be wise with your money. Yep. Yes. You know, and you don't even have to like flip it for profit. You can just, you know, um, buy how buy a house and then have a tenant live in it. Yeah. yeah. Or then, even like to do the work yourself. Like you can you can buy the house and have a service, like a company do all the yeah. rental services. Yeah. For yeah you, you just gotta figure the number out, and then you know, because um, they're because then they be paying your mortgage. Yep. And then you'll probably have uh, a little passive income after that. And then once you have enough, you can go buy another house and do the same thing there. So you just once mm-hmm. you have one, you multiply, and then mm-hmm. by the time you have like five, yeah. six, you just have. You're doing nothing but the money. Let yeah. your money work for you. Don't work for the money. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the concept that I'm yeah. buy. And your mortgage, your mortgage is probably five six hundred dollars a month on a, on a property like that. You're thinking probably five six hundred dollars a month. If you've got a tenant that's in there at twelve, you're yeah. talking two three hundred dollars of passive income every yep. year. Yep, exactly. What kind of mortgage is five hundred dollars a month? Cheap houses that you have to repair. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, and, as a, if, if it's an income generating property. Yeah. Okay. What's your uh, skill, Peter? Well. I would like to learn to make a decision really quick because... <laughs> Fair enough. That's a good uh, one. I should have wrote that down. <laughs> yeah. Are you the kind of guy difficult. that sits in a fast food line for like 15 minutes and all the people are honking? And- yeah. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> Even someone asks me, Peter, what do you want to eat or where do you want to sit? I always tell them you choose, you choose, and I will just follow what they. So if you're if you're hanging out with Peter and he's telling you to just choose, it's not because he doesn't care. Yeah. It's, it's my he, problem. It's it's cause cause he, he values the relationship, and he doesn't want to ruin it by right. making you wait for him. <laughs> That's good. Hey, that makes that makes an even bolder statement about your decision to come be a pastor, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like that you never question that. Yeah. It's like boom. boom. This is what I want. All but right. my, I have another problem with that decision making because after I graduated from MLC I have three choices yeah. to go. Yeah. I one suppose. in Mequon, one in Mankato, and one in South Korea. So Yeah. So you're probably gonna end up going to Mequon because it's the path of least resistance. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Dude is that yeah, well is the is the so did you guys all work through the Asia Lutheran seminary? No. No? So you have a different one in Korea? I so there is a Presbyterian seminary in South Korea. Mm-hmm. So uh, that might be another option. Okay. And there is a ELS seminary in Bethany, Mankato. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then there is Wells. Yeah. WLS. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, for my um, skill that I'd like to learn, I'd like to learn how to drive a manual. 
Yeah, oh, me too. Oh, I didn't write that down. Oh, you guys don't, dude, you guys don't know. You don't know how to drive a manual. I can drive. Really? A, I can drive a it's manual so tractor. I've driven manual <laughs> tractors before. Like so I'm not good at it, but I know how to drive. Yeah, one I've one. never. I my personal vehicle has never been stick. So yeah. I've driven stick, but it's always a disaster. And yeah. there's like people honking and making fun of you. And <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's something I've always wanted to learn, and it's something I know I could learn how to do. It's just I've never taken the time or had the opportunity to really sit down and, and learn how to drive a manual. I had a chance um, probably five years ago. I had a chance to buy a 1982 Ford F-150 mm. three-speed on the floor, mm-hmm. and it was so cool. It was in such good shape. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Like, um, it, it was ready to go for whatever and I didn't buy it for two reasons. One is it didn't have cruise control. Mm-hmm. And with the amount of driving I do, it, yeah, it would be nice really. to have cruise control. Yep. The other reason I didn't buy it was that I didn't know how to drive stick. I couldn't even test drive it myself <laughs> because I, like, I'm i that bad with stick. I didn't want to ruin some other guy's transmission, right? Right, yeah. I remember when I was in, right after I graduated from college, so I was 21, my dad took me was taking me around. We were talking about leasing a car. And I test drove a Dodge Dart manual. Yep. <laughs> and I'm not sure that salesman ever let anybody test drive a car again. <laughs> like it was so. Ba- he was, oh, he was he was really embarrassed. Yeah. Um, and then he's also trying to teach me how to drive stick. Mm-hmm. Like oh man, it was oh it was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, it was really bad. So if anybody wants to come teach Connor and I, we'll go over to the fairgrounds. Teach For Connor sure. and I how For to drive sure. stick. We would love oh. that. We yeah. love that. You two are both rolling your eyes at us. Oh, man. That's great. I'm glad you guys know how to do yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it's like oh, skill, it's a skill I think everybody means, should no. have. I mean, yeah. like, I don't have it. <laughs> like, once you get past the first gear, like, from stop to, like, to get going, oh, then I'm good. You know, that's always the part that people struggle with. So that's why you skip first gear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> burn out every time. No, from, like, from, like, stop to, like, you know, yeah, from right. when you go, that's right. obviously the hardest part. So. Right. All right. What's your other skill? Um, I want to be better at like reading body language and like ver- verbal. I um, I don't know, like not verbal combat necessarily, but you know, like being able to engage verbally. So when somebody's really upset, like my I I can deal with that, I can de-escalate, you know, whatever. But I don't I don't I'm not quick with responses or anything like that. And a lot of times, I um, I feel like I just don't handle them as well as I should. Right. And so what I would love to be able to do is, like, read body language and things better, um, but then also be able to um, kind of, like, I want to be quicker and more skilled at um, achieving the outcomes I'm looking for in highly stressful environments. And that's why I say, like, being better with, like, I don't know, verbal judo, if you will, or whatever word you want to use, you know, like... Ver- the verbal arts maybe i don't know <laughs> but so like when somebody comes to you and they're all upset um there are people that i know and i've seen who can say three words and the situation's calm already right? right i'm not good at that um what i what i usually have to do is uh eventually just say look when we're all calm let's talk about this again sure and uh that works but i would love to be able to just engage people to disarm them and be able to like just jump right into that right, right away, right. and I know a bunch of people that have those skills. I don't. I would love to have those skills. Mm-hmm. I think it probably. I'm also a basketball referee. I think it would be really helpful for that too. It's part <laughs> of the reason why it's so attractive to me to be a basketball official. Actually, you is that you're learning those kinds of skills. <laughs> like everybody in the every because you think about it, you make a call as a basketball official. Like at best, half the room is angry at you, and half the room is agreeing with you. Most of the time, there's three entities. There's the crowd, 
and their and the fans from either side. Like you got two teams, and you got the crowd, and the crowd really is divided in two as well, right? So you've got like, yeah. Anyway, there's just nobody's ever not angry at the officials. <laughs> so, yeah. What other skills you guys want to learn that you don't know? Anything? No. Got any more? I, I've got uh, for my other couple. I've got uh, play a musical instrument. You don't play I, anything? No, nah, I Whoa. took piano and stuff like that in high school, but it never really stuck. It's just not one of my gifts. I'm not musically inclined, really, at all. Do you, Peter? Organ and you piano. Organ? Okay, are you good? Are you going to be at the chapel tomorrow? Okay, it's a yes. Yeah, that's a yes. <laughs> so you you're playing see. for chapel. You're all decent. right. Sweet. Harry, do you play instruments? Uh, nope. I am not musically gifted. See? And I'm perfectly okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I have no interest in playing piano or any other instrument. I did play the clarinet when I was young, though. Okay. Yeah, and then I I uh, took piano, you know, because you have to take a semester of keyboard. Oh yeah. Oh, that was oh. that was dreadful. That's exactly where I was at. Oh, I hated it. And I'm totally okay with you know sucking at piano because I could care less. Like, <laughs> so. Connor, what's your last one? Uh, well, I have acting and doing taxes. Oh, acting! I can't act. Either. I can't act for for the yeah. life of me. Anytime there's a camera pointed at me, I get really awkward. But mm-hmm. in general conversation with people, like I'm perfectly fine and have no problem. Even standing up in the, in the pulpit or reading it for church or anything like that doesn't bother me at all. But if I know that there's a camera pointed at me, I get really just awkward and weird yeah. about it. As far as doing your taxes, I'm really good at building relationships with accountants. Well, yeah, my sister, my sister does my taxes. Uh, shout out to yeah. Dorothy. My last one was wor- woodworking. I would love to be able to like yeah, build furniture and all that kind of stuff. And I'm slowly but surely, mostly thank you to my father. So thanks, Dad. Um, acquiring the tools that I need to be able to do more of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I built a couple pieces of furniture in here, like that surround that was around the uh, the scoreboard in there. Um, I built made like uh, Christmas presents for other people and shelves and things like that. Like my, all the shelving in my classroom at Saloa, I built myself and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm I'm not terrible, but I also like am not making, you know, living rooms <laughs> yeah. quality furniture, right? So I'd love to be able to do that. Cool. All right, uh, we're jumping into First Peter this week then. So Easter four. This may or may not be one of the readings that you hear this week, uh, but if it is, you'll be prepared. Uh, we're gonna take. We're gonna go from First Peter chapter two verses twenty one to twenty five. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in His footsteps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in His mouth. When they hurled their insults at Him, He did not retaliate. When He suffered, He made no threats. Instead, He entrusted Himself to Him who judges justly. He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross, so that we might die. To sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. You can tell it's a really literal translation because it's kind of choppy in English, mm-hmm. but it's a good translation. So, what you think? Yeah, verse 23 sparks um, what we were just talking about in the fifth petition there. You yeah. know, even in the face of all the wrong that he was suffering, like... You think of him at his crucifixion immediately crying out, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, my confirmation passage was the last of the Beatitudes. Um, so Matthew 18, 21, I think, or 20. Um, but um, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely mm-hmm. say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven For this, in the same way that persecuted the prophets who came before you, and that would include Jesus, right? Um, for us, it would include Jesus. Obviously, when Jesus said it, he wasn't including himself. Um, but that, I mean, that ties right in here, too, is rejoicing that uh, these things are happening. Um, 
and bearing up under them instead of doing what the world will do and retaliate and fight back and so on and so forth. Um, we expect those difficult things to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I just think it's interesting that here you find the the entirety of the gospel put out for us and the necessity that he needed to be without sin that he needed to be not not deceitful he needed to be the perfect life and then that he was willing to suffer the injustices that he was suffering and that he carried our sins in his body onto the tree and how he was willing to pay that price for us and that gives us the sure hope that because he met all these criteria criteria as set out in the gospels we have the assurance of heaven when we die. Yeah. Well, and also on verse 23, um, it, on a cursory reading, it almost sounds like that only God can judge me idea, you know? Like, yeah. oh, he entrusted it to the one who judges justly. But when you really think about what he's talking about there, what he's saying is when he was insulted, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Mm-hmm. So what he's doing is instead of trying to... Um, Instead of trying to clear his name or instead of trying to, like, what we're talking about here isn't um, the idea of, like, not condemning the other person. Their behaviors were wrong Mm -hmm. when they were mistreating Jesus. Mm -hmm. What they're talking about here instead is letting letting God deal with them um, instead of trying to deal with them yourself. Um, And so that, again, goes to that conversation we had earlier about forgiving versus forgetting. Like, Jesus didn't isn't forgetting, you know, because he even kept bringing up to the Pharisees and chief chief priests and uh, teachers of the law and whatever, uh, what they had been saying, what they had been doing. It doesn't mean he didn't forgive them, but he also was not trying to like lead a revolt against them and get them out of their positions and make them re- understand and receive their just rewards. He's letting God handle it and trusting that God will handle it and yep. simply walking in the way. Yep, he was, he's trusting that the just judge will judge justly. And even in doing that, standing up for those who are innocent even. Um, but also not going out of his way to bring that judgment himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that last little bit there, by his wounds we are healed. Yeah. Yeah. Any last words before we call it here then, gentlemen? Any last shout-outs or anything? I know you were saying your fiance is going to listen. You want to like give a Korean, uh, uh, like a language shout-out or anything? I don't think she's going to listen. No, you don't. Okay, fine. Jeez. That's not what so, that's not what I meant. Sora. Sora. Yeah, Harry just threw you under the bus, Sora. So if you did, okay, Sora, if you did listen and you hear this, get in contact with me. We'll get you on the podcast, and you can tell us all Harry's secrets. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, well, we're glad to have you guys here. Thank you, Peter. Sorry, Peter and Harry. Um, hey, now I was just oh, saying names. On. Get out of here. All right. <laughs> Thank you, um, Hunsik and Sung Young. Sung Gon. Sung Gon. Oh. Yep. All right. I was I wasn't that close. No, actually. <laughs> Thank you, Hunsik and Sung Gon. 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 Gon yep. with the N at the end. I'm trying. I'm trying. Sung I can say Kostian Tinskorienki. And that took me three years. I mean, because so, that's close to English. Not kind really, of. though. I don't know. It's probably closer than Song Gong. Song Gong. <laughs> like when you pronounce it, you're, you're out, still buddy. not getting it there, Ross. <laughs> you're, you're out. All right, gentlemen. We love you all. Thanks for listening. Good with the man God created you to be. We'll catch you next time. Peace out.
On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, editing, and distributing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms, and consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.